Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jennifer. And this week, we've got um, part one of a two-part series, which is a recording that I was um, had the privilege of giving to a couple of hundred practice managers at the MGMA Operations Conference. And so we're talking about all things related to marketing your medical practice specifically using data to really help you drive those decisions. So I think you'll get a lot out of these next two episodes. And I'd love to hear um, hear you know any of the tools or the tips that you take and how you turn them into marketing um, wins for your practice. And so with that, we'll get right to it. Thanks a lot. Hey there, and um, thank you everybody for having me here today. I really appreciate it. My name is Jennifer Thompson. I am the president of Insight Marketing Group, and I am going to be doing the session on communications, marketing, and community relations, something I'm very passionate about. So um, I won't go into all of the details on the learning objectives, but these are our basic learning objectives that we will cover in today's session. Um, And just a little bit about what's ahead. We're going to talk about kind of the evolution of marketing and the new patient journey. Um, We're going to talk about some freely available data that's going to help you make more informed decisions. We're going to talk about competitor and market analysis and how you might conduct one. I'm going to actually use some examples of one that I recently did to really show you how we can use data, turn it into something that will really help us in that decision-making process. We're going to talk about how you can identify opportunities and where to invest your energy, not just your money, but your energy as well, as it relates to marketing your medical practice. We're going to talk about establishing the marketing plan and why, where, and who to nurture along the way. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to cover, but basically I'm going to reference a lot of the data and the material that came out of the Press Ganey Consumer Experience Trends in Healthcare 2021 report. This report just came out, comes out um, every year, at least in the last handful of years, where Press Ganey um, interviews and has pretty in-depth um, conversation with over a thousand patients about what's important to them when it comes to choosing a healthcare provider. And really this year's report talks about this new patient journey and really provides some insights that I think all of us um, are gonna take some good nuggets and, and bring it back to our practice. And then on the right here, you'll see a screenshot really to indicate um, that it's not just coming from the Prescani survey that I'm going to give you this initial information, but I've been doing this about 15 years and my team has actually analyzed over 100,000 or so reviews um, directly from patients, publicly facing reviews to kind of help back up what Prescani is telling us. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it over the next couple of minutes. So first I want to talk about this evolution of marketing, and that's because marketing has changed. If it changed if it changed 20% in five years, it's probably changed 75% in the last two, especially thanks to COVID. Um, in fact, marketing has evolved to meet the needs of the evolving patient journey. And what I mean by that is the way that patients find us is very different than it used to be. You know, we could all remember back when you would get a referral from your primary care physician 
and you would go to that referral because what your doctor told you was true. It's not always the case anymore. In fact, you know, there's the discovery process where maybe you get some information from your primary care doctor, but then you go back home and you look that doctor up online. Maybe you check a couple of different websites out there to see what people say about that doctor. Prescani says that the average number of websites people go to now before making that appointment is 2.7. It's just different than it used to be. In fact, the role of marketing operations and human resources, they're now intricately linked, linked together. You know, if you have a person at the front desk who's not quite on their game from a customer service standpoint, that's going to impact marketing. And that then in turn impacts operation if you're not filling schedules or if you're not able to provide the technology that patients are expecting. So really um, running a practice now is kind of a three-legged stool with lots of little legs all around. And that's marketing operations in HR to really meet the needs and the expectations of that new consumer. And we've really entered into an era of new consumerism, even um, even when it pertains to healthcare. And finally, marketing's evolved to the point that there's so much data out there, and that data is very often free, and it really does allow us to make much quicker decisions and much more informed decisions. Remember back in the day, could have been last week, where the doctor said, hey, I want to put up a billboard. Do you think billboards work? Maybe I want to run a TV commercial for $100,000. What do you think? Well, the reality is data now will tell us um, what it is we need to know, whether or not our efforts are paying for themselves where referrals are coming from, and even where trends are if you just know where to look. And so we're going to cover that here in the next hour or so. So let's get started with the Press Ganey Consumer Trends Report, because I think it's going to help set the stage for marketing, um, really current marketing and what the modern marketing equation looks like. So when asked what factors impacted their decision to choose a healthcare provider one over another, almost 60% of people led with online reviews. You can't buy a pair of jeans or go out to a restaurant without looking at online reviews. So there's no reason to think it's any different in healthcare. But the data here, the ones that really stuck out to me is if you look at the very bottom, almost 25% of respondents said they want to be able to direct message their provider. So they want to be able to text or send a direct message or feel as if they're communicating from a personal standpoint with their providing physicians. I think there's a lot to be said about that. Um, if 25% are thinking that, um, what does that mean that's going to happen in the next couple of years within our practices? Almost 50% of patients said they would choose one office over another based on their ability to schedule their appointment online. Now, I know some of you are thinking, I don't even want to deal with online appointment scheduling. It's too difficult, or I'd rather just get them on the phone. Regardless of how we want to do it from a practice level, Patients are expecting that they can schedule online. It's all about convenience and meeting the patient where they are. That's modern marketing, and that's how this starts to tie into operations. So um, when asked asked what they do before they schedule a doctor's um, appointment, what matters, what factors matter most in your research process? So again, ratings and reviews. Then number two, referral from a current doctor. Number three, the reviews of the facility they're going to. And number four, the quality and completeness of a doctor's profile on a website. This tells you that people want accurate information and what's on the left hand better be matching up with what's on the right hand. It's very important. 
So which of the following best describes how you conduct your search for healthcare online? This one I think is super important. Take this back to your marketing people. 47.2% of patients say that when they are looking for a doctor, the first thing they do is go into Google and they enter the name of, let's say, knee doctor near me, hearing doctor near me, fertility doctor near me. I encourage you go back to your practice and look up your specialty near me and see what pops up. That tells you where you should be focusing on your marketing efforts. So what's, um, what are the top three challenges in finding a healthcare provider? So when, when patients were asked what the top three challenges were, they said, number one was the availability of getting an appointment. This is harder these days, especially with um, limited schedules because you know patients or um, employees are out or your providers are out because of COVID, but availability of the appointment at the time that they want. Two was finding a doctor in network. And three is really like, they go to your website they, website, they try to schedule an appointment for Tuesday, and you don't have one for three Tuesdays from now. So that's really the third thing impeding um, their decision to choose you over the practice down the street. So difficulty contacting the office is the number one reason a patient is deterred from booking an appointment. If a patient can't schedule an appointment online, that means they have to pick up the phone and they have to call you. And if they can't get a hold of you, chances are they're moving on to the next, the next practice. In fact, this um, picture to the right here is a screenshot from a website that literally says, due to unexpected staffing shortages, which we're all going through, we're experiencing longer than usual wait times on calls into the practice. Your call is important to us. Please email or leave a voicemail. How many of those patients do you think are actually going to stick around and not just go on to the next one? The second biggest blocker of a successful acquisition is untrustworthy reviews, followed by less than four stars or incomplete listing of information. It just reinforces that we have to make sure that all these reviews and directory listings out there that list our doctors or our practices are correct. And we need to make sure that our reviews are real. So one or two reviews isn't enough to build trust. You need dozens and dozens of reviews, not only to get ranked well on the first page of the search engine, but also to reinforce that trust with that potential patient who's spending, um, on average, 2.7 websites before they make a decision whether or not to visit you. So um, when asked to select all the resources they used, if any, in their online search for a healthcare provider, this is what folks chose. Um, 65% went to the search engines. 45% went to insurance websites. I find this interesting because I've been um, running a team of marketing folks and all we do is deal with um, independent physician groups. Very rarely do we do anything with insurance websites. And so when I look at this data, it kind of gives me pause and says, I need to go put some focus on these areas. Next is health systems or hospital websites, um, a healthcare review website, a content website, a non-healthcare website, and on and on. But basically, search engines, insurance, and the practice website. So after searching for a healthcare provider online, which of the following reasons would discourage you from booking an appointment with the provider? So 62% um, right up at the top is the, the long wait times to get to the office, those long on-hold messages. Then we go into poor reviews, um, incorrect listings, 35% say a hard to navigate website. So if your website's more than a couple of years old, now is a great time to start thinking about building a website. And then 28.5% right down here 
lack of online scheduling options, this number is only going to increase in the next couple of years. And then um, lack of telehealth options. I thought that was a really interesting one, but it makes sense when we're coming out of the pandemic, hopefully, that 18% of folks really say, I would prefer a little telehealth rather than having to come to the waiting room just to get a follow-up on my blood or whatever test I'm running, things of that nature. So kind of to recap on this Prescani survey, what is it that really matters today? Number one, it's accuracy of the information out there about your practice and access to your practice. Number two, it's a clean digital footprint. This is that whole, you know, what's on Yelp should be the same as what's on Google, should be the same as what's on RateMDs, should match up to your website, you name it. And kind of all kind of roll it all up into this omni-channel patient experience. And what I mean by omni-channel patient experience is when I go to your website, I should see the same thing on your Facebook page, the same thing on the article that you wrote, the same thing when I walk into your building. It kind of goes back to you have, we all have that doctor who came out of medical school and he had a full head of hair and he was 170 pounds and he insists on using that photo. But when the patient actually shows up at your practice, he has no hair left and now he's a nice plump 230 pounds and they're like, what did I really sign up for? So these are the things that play into building trust with your patients. And this is what really matters today as this whole marketing experience and patient experience has evolved. Today's episode is brought to you by ReferralMD, the leading centralized referral management platform for healthcare providers. As a cloud-based referral management solutions platform, ReferralMD helps you manage your referral process like you never thought possible. In fact, ReferralMD clients report an increase in referral conversion of 25% since switching to the platform and increases in operational efficiencies by 37% and a reduction in patient leakage by up to 65%. If those benefits sound good to you, and how could they not, we invite you to visit GetReferralMD.com slash DMT, that's D as in doctor, M as in marketing, T as in tips, to schedule a no-obligation tour of the Referral MD software in action. Plus, as a thank you for being a listener of this podcast, you'll get 50% off, that's 50% off your implementation fee. All you have to do to get that 50% savings is visit GetReferralMD.com slash DMT. And now, back to our show. So let's talk about establishing your marketing strategy. And what I'm really referring to is using data to analyze the opportunities and to identify those trends that are going to matter to you. Specifically, using free data to make informed decisions. I'm not asking you to go out and buy data packs. I'm asking you to spend some time looking at what's available out there to all of us. So when I talk about gathering data, I'm really referring to taxpayer-funded data being readily available on all the um, government websites out there. You can literally find localized information down to your city or zip code, including area population, insured population. You can pull data on the Medicare population within your trade area. Maybe you're looking just to reach people over 65. You can grab that. You can do it by race and gender. You can look at projected population growth, which I find to be very helpful when looking to um, open a new office or where you might want to be. All of this is available for free. And then you can grab that data, which typically you can just download in a CSV file or an Excel file and throw it into your favorite spreadsheet software. And then usually within your spreadsheet software, 
it will help you create visual graphs and whatnot so that you can make the case um, whether to your physicians or help yourself if you're more of a visual person make decisions that are going to help propel your practice forward. And there's great mapping tools um, that are available to help you take the raw data that you can get for free and really put it into something that other people can understand to help move your goals forward. So I'm talking about online mapping tools that you can utilize to visualize that data even further, creating heat maps and population or demographic data, whatever's important to your you or your decision makers. Then, and I'll get into this um, with some examples, but you can combine your patient data, take out anything that's personal. I don't, I'm speak. I'm preaching to the choir here. Take out anything that would identify patients, but grab the data and let's bump in against population growth data to show you maybe where you have some gaps within your trade area of where maybe you should put your dollars or your energy. So I'm going to show you some data in action. And I thought the best way to kind of explain what it is or how I would use data, especially the stuff that's free, is by talking to you about a project. So let's just say that it's a mid-sized ENT practice. They were acquired by a private equity firm and wanted to expand on some service lines quickly. Now, before dedicating a budget, this ENT practice wanted to understand their current position in the metro area. They wanted to identify the opportunities for growth per service line, and they um, wanted to develop a marketing strategy and a budget to achieve their aggressive growth, growth goals. This is, um, this is a real case study. So they have a handful of different service lines under their ENT umbrella. They have allergy and sinus, hearing and balance, voice care, and um, a balance center, a dizziness center. But more than half or roughly half of their patients were coming from allergy and sinus. So we took a look at allergy and sinus and we grabbed that available data that was free on the government websites. And we determined that looking at their trade area, they had 1.9 million people in their trade area. Then we looked at data that said 54.6% of Americans say they have a positive reaction to one or more allergens. So this is their target population that potentially they could go after. So what that told us is just over a million people in their trade area are potential allergy patients. So then we got a little more granular and we looked at, um, we looked at hay fever population that's allergic rhinitis. So go back to, we have a population of 1.9 million, but 7.3% of Americans surveyed say they suffer from um, hay fever. So now our potential patient um, focus, our target audience is 138,682. This is all getting us closer to how much money are we gonna need to reach them? Where should we reach people, et cetera, et cetera. So then we can break it down by looking at the percentage of Americans with hay fever. You've got um, what we're seeing here and what we're going after is this 45 age to 74 because this is our largest population. And these are really the patients we want because if we get them here, they'll stay here and here. So then we looked at current home zip codes where the entire practice is drawing their allergy and sinus patients from. And we were able to, um, so from here, the red are the future projected growth areas with the highest growth populations. The circles are where they're drawing their patients from. And then the little red dots are the locations of the practice itself. So interesting, they have one down here, but they're not pulling any of their allergy patients there. 
So then we kind of draw around it and we, we look at um, a large population of their patients living kind of to the south of the area where they were currently drawing patients from. And then we break it down a little bit more and we say, all right, so we see the future population growth. We know how many potential patients we have in a, in a standard market. We can kind of tell if they're insured or non-insured, household income, everything like that. So where are the patients that we really want to reach? And we identified seven areas. So basically this practice said, we're pulling from this area and we think there's an opportunity here, 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 because everything red and orange is a future population growth. So then we took those areas. Again, all of this is readily available, free data that we download into CSV and spreadsheet files, and then couple it with free mapping software, and we're able to create these plans. But then we're able to look at these by areas. So area one, which is this little spot right here, has a median income of $46,207. They have 121,000 roughly insured population. 86% of the population is with um, is employed or has a private insurer. Just under 14% are on Medicare. So they're lower income in terms of the overall trade area, but they're highly insured. So this helps inform kind of our marketing, the marketing tactics we're going to use to reach this population. And we do it with each of the potential areas based on population growth. So then um, the mapping software is fantastic. So then we look at all of the different potential competitors in the market to try to identify where, um, when we're looking at future population growth and total number of potential patients out there and where we are and maybe where we should go. So then we take it and throw it up against the heat map data. So again, the red is where the future population is going to be. And when we do it this way, we can start to see where maybe we should locate our next office. Could be here. There's nobody servicing this area. And down here, for the most part, it has not been saturated yet. So then we go a little bit further, and this is all kind of the research before we put our marketing strategies together. And I encourage everyone to participate in this type of exercise. Then we look at how many providers are in the area, how many nurse practitioners, how many PAs, you know, and the total number of offices so that we can really get an understanding of the landscape. Then we look at every one of those practices and we break down their subspecialties. So we know everybody's got allergy care. Everybody seems for the most part is dealing with food allergies. These guys all have peds. Then we have balloon. So maybe balloon sinuplasty as a potential um, service is a real opportunity for some folks here to stand apart because not everyone's offering it or not everyone's talking about it on their website. So looking at these, this kind of granular, granular level um, data is really not just informing where we might want to move to or where the trend might be headed from a population and insured population standpoint, but it's also telling us now maybe the messaging on our website or in our social media, um, maybe it should be geared towards certain service lines that other people aren't paying attention to. So now we're starting to identify kind of the gaps from a messaging standpoint as we're putting together our marketing strategy. So the next thing we kind of look at is domain authority or search engine optimization domain authority. Now, domain authority measures the likelihood that all things considered equal, a listing will be the top result 
for a singular keyword or phrase search. So let's say, um, let's just say that the phrase is allergy doctor near me. This top practice up here has a 24% chance that they will pop up at the very top. So the goal is you want to understand how competitive the landscape is going to be in terms of getting on that first pages of search. And you want to have a higher number so that you're that much further away from the competition. So a lot of times people will say, God, this, guy, this new doctor just moved in and I'm worried he's going to take all my business. And then you start looking at what his digital footprint is, because you remember one of the most important things for this new patient journey is that clean digital footprint. So we might have one side of the equation where there's fear that this new doctor is coming into a market, but then when you really start diving into it, it's going to be very difficult for them to catch up because these other practices have already like they own those keywords. And so without spending a tremendous amount of money, it will be very hard to catch up. I will say that we've done a lot of exercises over the years looking at, so I work with independent practices. So looking at independent practices who are more stealth marketing versus a hospital who might spend a couple million throwing out a new campaign for a new service that they're offering or a new specialty or a new doctor they want to push. And a lot of times people will get up in arms because they're like, oh my gosh, the hospital is spending so much money. How are we ever going to keep up? But the reality is when you look at where they're spending the money, you can see they're just spending it on ads and it doesn't have that true stickiness factor out of that immediate branding because they'll never catch up because the practice level when you're playing stealth is focused on that organic strength over time so that you've already pulled away. That's what this chart is telling you. Kind of goes back to um, organic traffic. It's the it's an average of the amount of web traffic each company's website gets from organic searches or sources. So what I mean by that is when I would say like, what is hay fever? Using that as the example, the likelihood that this practice is going to show up is pretty darn good. And then this practice is next. So kind of in the scenario I was saying before, let's say there's a doctor here at this little one right here. And, or this guy up here says, I'm really worried about these guys. They've just moved into the area and they're focused on hay fever and allergies. And how are we going to stay competitive? Well, the reality is, is we made the investment years ago. So we are always going to be competitive as long as we keep at it. And that's the beauty of organic traffic. Kind of goes the same type of thing, organic keywords. Um, it's the average monthly number of keywords that Google includes in search results. So these keywords can appear in any position, not just necessarily at the top of the page. So again, hay fever, you know, the chances are um, this practice here is going to show up for that hay fever search in this practice. And then this one here is right behind them. So if you want to rank for a particular keyword, say you have a new procedure coming out and you really want to go hot and heavy on that procedure, you need to start thinking about all of the, and you need to do the research to start thinking about all the keywords that you want to rank for. So if people are looking for um, hay fever solutions near me, you want your content to be what shows up. So you need to start in advance of launching that service to get your content to show up. So the next thing we do when we're putting together kind of a competitive analysis or doing our research is we like to look at who out there is actually spending money. And it's pretty easy. Just type it in. So sticking with my example, 
allergy doctor near me is how I've typed it in. Because remember, Prescani in their survey of over a thousand patients, this is the number one way people are searching. This group right here, the Suspire Allergy and Sinus, they're the only ones that showed up as actually advertising. So everything under here is the organic, but you can see what the competition is right off the bat by just typing in allergy doctor near me. And then you can go a bit further. So if I say in this search, allergy doctor near me, this first thing I'm going to see is the advertisement. But the next thing I'm going to see is what's referred to as organic search results. So these are the things when, when you're being told to produce content, you're producing content so that you show up here. You're also very focused on those online reviews and those directory listings because they are showing up more and more on the first page of Google. So when I talk to you in a little bit about dominating the first page of Google, the best strategy out there other than content, content, content is more reviews and make sure that everything's accurate because this is what's showing up on the first page. So you see it, same search, allergy doctor near me, health grades is a review. That's the next thing showing up. This is a doctor, this is a review, this is a review. So you name it, it's reviews that are showing up. You wanna show up on this organic listing. This is the stuff that's free. It doesn't cost you any money, but it costs you a lot of energy. So let's talk about metrics and measurements. And what I mean by that is how do we evaluate and present data that's gonna inform decisions and get buy-in from those decision makers that are gonna to matter to us. So to begin reporting on metrics, you really need to ask yourself what actionable data that that's out there that you actually wanna track. What elements of your practice do you want to improve? Do you want to change? And what data is going to help you make those decisions? Now, this could be online provider review data. It could be the number of patients that your physician sees. It could be where your referrals are coming from. It could be the types of um, insurance that your patients have, the type of appointments that they're requesting or that you're seeing for, um, the number of referrals maybe that are coming from other offices, you can track the performance of your website and you can track marketing performance by channel. So you can track how is Facebook performing over Instagram, over TikTok, over organic search, over paid search, you name it. So um, this is one of my new favorite things, visualizing data. You can use, there's tools out there now, 100% free, um, like Google Data Studio. So this is just an example of a dashboard where we grab some patient data um, and we're able to put, this is Dr. Sample's practice, but Dr. Sample saw 1,467 patients in the last 90 days. These are the insurance providers that he got these um, patients from. These are the offices, his patients, um, that he saw these patients. And this is an example of the number of appointments that he saw. I show you this because all this is, is a real, this is a real life example of a report pulled at the practice level thrown into Google Data Studio, made into a real-time dashboard that can then be sent out to all of your providers and your providers can see how they're doing in real time. This is really the um, duct tape version of a very expensive software that Google provides you for free. And so there are tools out there like Google that allow you to visualize the metrics that are important to your practice in real time um, as long as you're able to pull a report. So instead of sending a spreadsheet, maybe send something visual. 
So then we talk about using these metrics. So, you know, things like tracking where the patients are coming from, like the referral sources, it tells you which local providers have been sending you business and in what quantity. So here you go. This is the same thing. We pulled doctor samples practice from October 1 through December 31st. So fourth quarter. And they were down 31%, basically. These are the doctors that were sending them. Um, these are his top referring physicians. He had 213 from Dr. Six. And this is looking at the referrals over time. This is actionable data that you can take from a spreadsheet to a dashboard report using a free visualization software that is readily available to you right now. You can take this data, show it to your providers, and this is the kind of thing we'll get them to hopefully pick up the phone or go out there and talk to their referring physicians or provide your marketing team with what they need to go out and move the needle on the referral marketing. This is the kind of data we all talk about. So that's a lot of information. And so that concludes part one of our two-part series. But be certain to check back um, in two weeks here, wherever you get your podcast listens, and make sure you catch part two of the series. This episode of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast, like every other episode, was produced and engineered by Insight Marketing Group, the done-for-you healthcare marketing specialist. Learn more about our all-in-one practice growth solutions at insightmg.com. That's insight, M as in marketing, G as in group.com. And hey, thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.